Hello everyone, this is Candy here. Welcome to Word in Season. Last night I had a dream of preaching a passage from the book of Romans in social media. And here I am. If you're a born-again believer, then this word is for you. When I say a born-again believer, I don't need to specify any specific denomination called born-again because Jesus Christ died for everyone who ever existed in this earth and for everyone who are existing and who will ever exist in this earth. So if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are a born-again believer. And this word is for you. When you are born again, you receive a new heart. We read it in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. It says, And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. So when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, you receive a new heart. And one of the characters of this new heart is, This new heart does not enjoy sinning. Earlier, you would have enjoyed sinning, but now even if you commit a sin occasionally, you don't enjoy it, you don't like it. You might fall now and then, but still you don't enjoy it. That is the character of a new heart that God has given to every born-again believer. Many of you have an internal warfare happening inside of you. And especially if you are a newly saved person, you might think, I have accepted Jesus as my Savior and I have received a new heart. But why do I commit sin? Why do I keep falling now and then? Trust me, every believer undergoes this phase in life. Don't think that something strange is happening for you. Even Paul, who wrote most of the epistles in the New Testament, had this internal warfare happening inside of him. And we read that in Romans chapter 7 verse 15, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I would like to repeat that. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And again in 24th verse, he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? If this is your heart cry, who will rescue me from this internal warfare? I don't do the things that I want to do, but I do what I hate to do. Who will rescue me? And again, the same chapter has the answer in the 25th verse. It says, Thanks be to God who delivers us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ came to this world as a savior. He doesn't play the role of a savior just when you are not born again, I mean before your salvation, but he is your savior even after your salvation. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I would like to give you a few tips to rescue you from the internal warfare. Uh, tip number one. We could notice Paul repeating a statement in the same chapter twice. We read it in 17th verse. It says, Now then it is no more I who do it, but the sin that dwelt in me. And again in the 20th verse he says, It is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelt in me. 
we see Paul repeating twice in the same chapter. He says, it is no more I. It is no more I who do it, but the sin that dwelt in me. We could see Paul separating himself from the sin. He says, it's no more I. That means earlier it was I, but it is no more I. Because when you are a born-again believer, you receive a new heart and you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You receive a new identity in Christ. It's just like the change in a citizenship. For example, uh, you were a citizen of some country and today you have become a citizen of some other country and your old citizenship is cancelled. So you no more connect yourself or you no more identify yourself with the old citizenship. But you connect and you identify yourself with the new citizenship. So is what Paul is doing here. He says, it's no more I who do it. It is the sin that dwelt in me, but it is no more I. See, we are used to labeling people. We either label people based on their achievements or based on their weakness. Uh, for example, if somebody has a heart attack or has undergone a heart surgery, then we immediately label them as a heart patient. If somebody has diabetes, then we immediately say that they are a diabetic patient. Or if somebody has got a gold medal, then we say that they are gold medalist. If somebody keeps on smoking, then we say they are chain smokers or addicts. So we just always label people. But we find Paul here not labeling him based on the sin, but he says it's no more I. He labels himself or he identifies himself with a new identity. Uh, recently, we went on a mission trip. Uh, it was a three days trip and we, we had a three days conference. So I asked my brother to preach in a section. Uh, I've got a younger brother. And who assists me in the ministry. He's growing in the Lord and he's really preaching good. So he quoted an example. Uh, he said, for example, you have a $10 note with you and you put that $10 note in your purse. The value of the $10 is again $10. And by mistake, the $10 falls into a garbage. Again, the value of the $10 note is $10. So the value of the $10 does not change based on whether it is in the purse or whether it is in the garbage. The $10 has the same value as it is in the purse, uh, so is it when it is in the garbage. So is with us. Our identity does not change. The Bible says we are made holy, we are righteous, we are perfect, we are sanctified. So are we? Nothing changes. The identity we have just because we have sinned. So don't connect yourself with the sin that you fall. So that is the first step. That is what Paul did. It's no more I, but it is the sin that dwelt in me. So don't change your identity based on, on some sin that you commit frequently or at times. But Connect yourself, label yourself with your new identity in Christ. It doesn't matter what the people around you or your family members or your close friends are labeling about you. What really matters is whom you label yourself. How do you identify yourself? So you need to always know that you are made righteous. You are holy. You are sanctified. You are perfect. 
in Christ. So that was tip number one. But the Bible never encourages us to keep on sinning. Uh, sometimes there is freedom in slavery and there is slavery in freedom. Okay, so that leads to tip number two. We read it in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit so you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I used to go to fitness center. I'm not going at present, but I do aerobics at home. So when I was going to fitness center, the first instruction my trainer gave me was, you should stop eating rice. Um, I don't have a craze for rice. I'm not for it. But when he started to say that you should not eat rice, I started to develop a craving for rice inside me. The intensity of the temptation started to increase. You know, same is with sin. When, when you know that you need to stop sinning and you're focusing on certain sin, the intensity or the temptation just increases more than it was earlier. I remember a youth pastor uh, preaching a message. I'm blessed with good spiritual mentors and leaders. I thank God for that. And the youth pastor was preaching that till you keep seeing darkness to leave, darkness go away, darkness go away, the darkness will not leave. But if you just switch on the light, the darkness will automatically disappear. The same way, till you keep focusing on the sin and you keep commanding the sin to live, it will not live. But when you switch on the light, when you have the word of God in your life, when you start walking in the spirit, you will automatically not gratify the desires of the flesh. So what is walking in the spirit? Walking by the spirit is walking in the word of God or obeying the word of God. It is following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. See, the new heart that we have received has the peace of God in it. And the Bible says that the peace of God rule your heart, which means that the peace of God be the umpire. So sometimes when your friends uh, invite you to some place and you don't have the peace of God inside you, just don't go. Sometimes uh, you don't have the peace when you're talking to some people, then just don't continue speaking to them. If you just follow the peace of God, that will help you from a lot of heartache. You never know going to some place what sort of a sin or temptation is waiting for you. You never know talking to some person, it might lead to any sort of disaster in your life. So just follow the peace of God in your heart and that will help you and that will save you from a lot of internal warfare. So that is tip number two. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, these tips are not just for the youngsters because I counsel a lot of people from different age groups. And uh, till you are in flesh, till you are in this body, we have to face temptations. And these tips will help you to overcome the internal warfare. And now moving on to tip number three. Jesus was tempted in every way. We read it in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one that was tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy 
and find grace to help us in our times of need. So it says, uh, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who was tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. So Jesus was tempted in every way and was yet without sin. So he understands the internal warfare that we undergo. If something is important to you, then it is important for Jesus. And he was tempted in every way, so he understands our weakness. So we can boldly go to the throne of grace, asking for his mercy, pleading for his grace in the time of need. So prayer is not something which you buy heart and you say. Prayer is pouring out your heart. So you can boldly go, you can confidently go to the throne of grace and pour out your heart. You can share your weaknesses to God and you can ask for mercy and grace and help in the time of need. And so that is tip number three. Moving on to tip number four. Tip number four is confess your sins to one another. We read in James chapter 5 verse 16, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. So when you confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, it's really very powerful. I remember during my initial days of salvation, I spoke to my spiritual mentor and I told him, I want to live a life like you because uh, my spiritual mentor not only moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I have seen him moving in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So he counseled me and he told me, can you be labeled some sins as big sins and some sins as small sins? For example, we label adultery as a big sin, but we label using abusive words as a small sin. We label um, drug addicts as a big sin, but we label telling lies or being anger, angry a small sin. But if you read the verses in the New Testament, uh, wherever all these sins are mentioned, it is always anger, comma, lies, comma, uh, abusive words, comma, adultery, comma, uh, orating, comma, comma, comma. So he told me, God places all these sins in the same sentence, in the same verse. So there is nothing called a big sin or a small sin for God. A sin is a sin. So that was really eye-opening. So when you confess your sins to one another, People can counsel you. People can pray for you. It always doesn't have to be a spiritual mentor or a leader. If you're blessed with that, I'm fine, that's good. But if you are if you don't have a direct connection or it might be like you are very, your leader is very busy that uh, he doesn't have, he or she doesn't have time to spend with you. You can always find a spiritual friend who is trustworthy and you can confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And that is really powerful. So these are the four tips that will help you to overcome the internal warfare that is happening inside you. Finally, God loves you. He cares for you. He is concerned about you. He knows the internal warfare that is happening inside of you. And that is why this is a direct word from the Lord. God bless you. Stay blessed. If you're undergoing such an internal warfare and you want us to counsel you or pray for you, you can always send your prayer request to our website www.supernaturalgloryministries.org. We would love to pray for you and serve you. 
stay blessed god bless you